guitar. Is that what that is? <laughs> it's a trumpet. It's a Far Eastern trumpet. <laughs> this oh, there's is another a- guitar. Different Ooh. kind. This is uh, so Spotify started rolling out their end of year wrapped. Yeah. 2023. My my family Spotify account. This was number one. Numero uno. Really? Yep. I really tried to go look at mine. I, I tried to figure it out. I'm like, I mean, I like Zach Bryan, but I I don't chase it. Like yeah. to number one status. Yeah, I gotta I gotta look at mine too. That's gonna be interesting. I I know this is bad. Do you think back to back raining men, weather weather girls? No, probably not. Uh, maybe. What would yours be, Jared? Do you know? Are you gonna? I would bet mine is either Blind Melon or Eric Church, and um, I do know that uh, Drew had eight thousand minutes in Drake this year. Eight eight thousand thousand. Yes. Did he sleep that many minutes? I don't know. That's a lot. Hmm. That is a ton. Where do you find? I don't even. Oh, no. Gives you your. Uh, yeah, it goes. Wrapped is here. There you go. That's what I look for. It, hey, um, it was eight thousand out of seventy-three thousand minutes total oh, in our family. Not that's not bad. Uh, Soccer Dad Pod, we're back. Got another episode coming today. <clears throat> Um, we're kind of, ever since we've, we've, uh, clipped, I don't know, right around the 90 mark and obviously above the century mark, uh, we've had the opportunity to bring on, um, some of our past friends. Today's going to be no different, only that today we get to actually take components of the previous conversation. Mm, pressure test them. And do a little A-B test. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, I wasn't there either. No, you weren't. Um, and and the episode was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you, you both of you fellas did wonderful. Um, and this guy, our episode, our episode guest, um, he was pretty damn good himself. He was. Uh, it was um, a good time. Yeah, we were down yep. in Ob Clark's well, in Brentwood. <coughs> well, here's the fun part about it. No matter no, no matter what the take is after. EP the f- the first episode to today's and then however today's turns out, the passion for what he does is undeniable. Yeah, I agree. So you start there, and everything else is kind of a distant second and debatable. So um, I got a lot of lot of things going on. Um, I took my own little mini notes today for pinnacle points. Um, but before we do that, obviously we would uh, we we have to thank our friends here at Maggie O'Brien's. Yep. Um, Zach, did you just order something? By the way, what'd you I get did. today? I did. I got a cheeseburger. I've never had a cheeseburger from here, but I thought <laughs> I'd try it. Did you ask her? I, <laughs> did I, I didn't. No, because I've I've been here enough to where <laughs> I I know what they're going to tell me, so I don't have to ask them what they would be eating. Well, hey, listener, if you, uh, just real quick, I mean, we're all giggling here. Um, ask yourself, are you one of those people that asks for help reading the menu to decide what you want, or do you just make up your own mind? Because our friend Zach here, he's of the first camp. You need a little help. It's Yeah, it's just I'm in a new place, a new restaurant I've never been to, and I want to get what most people think is the best thing on the menu. When in Rome? Yeah. 
But like, but <laughs> I can get a cheeseburger anywhere. Like, oh yeah, they got chicken sandwiches. That's good. Yeah, but most restaurants have the little like. Okay, so you go to Applebee's and there's the red apple next to fan favorites. Yeah, that's just that's marketing. You know, we have gotten to the point where we're doing this at this most wonderful location, Maggie O's here, right across from the soccer mecca in our town. And if we ever get to a community center or a library or a church, Zach at this point, um, he just doesn't even have beers with us anymore during these episodes. It's, I think he's on that, uh, what's the, dry February? No, no, I'm just taking a break for the week. So that's, that's dumb. That's all it is, really. Dumb. He's just lo- doubling up on adult vitamins. That's just that's dumb. Also, that's, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> so, bottom line, thank you, Maggios. Come down here. It's holiday season. Um, you got a party coming up. Order, just order catering. And we're watching them decorate as we sit here, and it is Fest. like Santa Claus threw up in here. Right it's now. not <laughs> It's not quite elf, middle of the night department store. But it's pretty damn close. It's getting there. I mean, there's I, eight tubs just for this one room. Yeah. The the gal told me um, the the head decorator said that she has a storage um, unit full of yeah holidays. upstairs. No, uh, uh, an outside storage. Do, do you guys oh. have do you guys have storage units in your house or storage space in your house? We that are those bins. Yes, that are all. Yep. Labeled according. Yep. And do you look at that space with just s- disdain? Most of the time. You know what I'm just pissed off about that space is? Is you like, we go down there once a year and clean it and organize it. And no matter what you do, you have to go down there again because it's a fucking mess. Oh, my God. Like, well, who, well, no, why does the, it get so much of a mess all the time? Well, because uh, it, it, there's this thing called the calendar. So as Easter <laughs> passes and here hmm. comes the fourth. You're rotating. Well, it's just I, here's what I'm going to do. We have bins for the ma- the major holidays, right? You've got your fall bin with Halloween slash Thanksgiving type stuff. Then oh, it rolls no, directly no. into Christmas. We don't mix. We don't. They're not mixed. There's a Halloween bin and there's a Thanksgiving bin. I'm saying the fall themed bins. Then you have your Christmas bin, and then you have. We don't really do much on the, like the February. Uh, Valentine's Day. But what happens is you have your year-round stuff as well. We need a bin just for that. Like just a separate bin that's just for all your regular shit because you end up putting it in the the Halloween one. You got to take it out and put it in the Thanksgiving one and then you got to move it all. It's just a pain. It sucks. Yeah, I don't dig it. I don't either. I wish there was like some form of, and I'm sure Ikea has it, but like a 12-month out-of-the-year decoration. The LED based, whatever, just something. Just colors. So it just rotates. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, like that's, that that's a pretty good idea. Well, now that we put it out to the uh, mass public, somebody else will take it, steal it, and make millions. Yep. Um, Chris and Bill, PinnacleLoans.com. Thank you, fellas, for continuing sports show. Go check them out. Um, markets, markets moving in the favor of rates. Becoming a little bit more tolerable, um, and there's still no inventory, so you need somebody to help you out. Hit them up. They got a team. Soup to nuts. Make it easy. Um, which brings us to the pinnacle points of the day. 
Who? Uh, I'll go. I, I, mine's really simple. I <laughs> this is gonna be so stupid, <clears throat> but listening to terrestrial radio sometimes, um, just because I want to have something else on other than a podcast or whatever when the kids are in the car. I accident accidentally came upon the 106.5 channel three, which Ooh, is HD three. HD three. It's all 80s. There's no commercials, and it's brilliant. And I just a little PSA: if you want a non-Christmassy station that plays music constantly and that music you probably know if you're listening to the show, 106.5 HD three. You know, have you tried 98.1 HD two yet? The jazz. No, ninety-eight one. The oh, 98.1. Uh, no, nobody does the jazz. Well, that's ninety point seven. They do the jazz. I do that. You you guys both on do first the dates. Jazz? <laughs> on first dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Some, uh, ninety-eight one. I don't know the other one. I'll have to check that one out. Ninety-eight, uh, ninety-eight one HD two, and then the other one I like is ninety-two three. Oh, HD two. Mm, that old school. Which it's more. It's Jason Isbell. Oh, Tyler. It's like, it's good country. I like that. There's no 808s <laughs> or beatboxes. You guys are nerds. <laughs> or songs about trips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. right. Or, or are you getting drunk? There's very few artists with the name Jelly, either first or last, <laughs> on 92, on HD2. Jared, what you got? Pinnacle um, point. I don't want to steal your thunder, so I can go two different ways. I got a long list, man. You You're got a long stealing list. My thunder. Um, are you going to touch on um, maybe St. Louis City's roster moves today? Nope. Okay, uh, I'm not either, um, because I kind of expected, but I will to just 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 a kind of one A on it. Yep. Um, what I thought was weird the most, um, people look at it. Um, our super draft pick, Owen O'Malley, waved today. So either not good enough um, or off-field issues or both uh, because you don't pick the guy in the super draft without one or the other or both. But here, let me go this. Go ahead. You answer that. I, I like to – I mean, what's your thoughts there? I, why, why do you pick him in the super draft last year and then you wave him this year? Well, because I, you just got it wrong? I, well, I, I think that with the amount of time that these clubs spend with the players – five, six, sometimes seven days a week for, you know, three to six hours a day, you can, you can, you can grind that for a while and you're going to know. You're going you're gonna to figure something out. And it might not be uh, technical. It could be... Uh, Maturity? It could be that. It could be a lot of different factors. It could just be positioning, too. Well, here's the other thing. Could uh, have, you know what? Shit could, it could have nothing to do with him. It could have to do with... A, pro, a prospect coming down the pipe in that particular position from another team uh, could be, you know, gross neat. So to try and speculate, you know, the why, look, it's pro sports. All right. They're in so and out. I snuck one in there. That's not my pinnacle point. Pinnacle point two of the day is actually. Um, I, I, I thought you were going to go with the off the field issues and talk about the uh, Blackhawks player. No, but I would talk about that. But here's what I will talk about. You know what I'm talking about? I do, but I want to talk about this because it, it, it deserves a lot of credence. Um, yesterday, I believe, it was announced. Uh, we Well, first off, we did our 100 episode. We all went through the, the, the timeline and our favorite episodes. And I don't think any of us said this, but I think all three of us to a man would, would love this one because we got to meet him and talk to him. Um, you know who retired yesterday? Joe Clark. 
Oh, yes. Joe yeah, Clark yeah, yeah, yeah. announced his retirement from WashU in, in, in coaching in general. And um, i like to get your guys' point on him, but um, it, it's relative to this, this episode today. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, that guy is an ace. Um, he has done a lot of things in our city and for the game here in our metropolitan area, which this show is all about. Um, he, he, he's well-spoken, he, he's highly respected, and he's had a long, successful career, and I want to I be the first to congratulate him on this show. Um, thank you, um, and, and best of luck to whatever you decide to do in the future. Yeah, you know, here, here's the thing, like, again, one of the privileges of this show has been to be uh, put in our place, not in a negative way, but just sometimes in awe of guests and kind of their demeanor, cadence. Uh, Joe Clark is one of those that's at the top of that list. Came in, yeah, okay, you can wiki him, you can talk to peers, but until you sit down in front of a guy like that and the ease in which he comes off as top class without trying. Think about the names he coached down the street from here, from Maggie's, yeah. when he was at SLU and what those names mean for our game. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the deal. You, if, if you just want a piece of St. Louis soccer history, go back, listen to that one, because a legend just retired. The other part of it is, say you don't know anything about the history, but you have kids coming up through the system and that you think that they might want to play at a higher level, listen to that episode because the nuggets of expectation... Um, just prospecting these kids and the relationship that he had with his players. Pay attention to that stuff. It was Agreed. great. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, pinnacle point of the day. Mine is um, number three. Trace. Trace. Um, Sinbin. Have you guys heard this term? <laughs> yes. Uh, did you laugh as loud as I, I did. did when you read it? Yes. Yes. Jared, you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I, I just enlightened me. Okay, I'll, I'll dumb this down. Somebody in a, in a position of power within soccer is kicking around the idea of implementing a sin bin during the flow of play. Think blue card indoor where you get two Penalty minutes. box. Only on the big stage. 11 v 11, sin bin, I don't know, maybe a 10 minute. It's 10 minutes is what they're pitching. <laughs> Where yeah. MLS is, is actually concerned. So it's like an orange card. Mm -hmm. Meaning that you took somebody out from behind, go sit in this designated area. Not quite a and red. And then re-enter? Yes. <laughs> Your face yep. was my laugh earlier. Yep. It's ridiculous. That that's that's April Fool's type shit. That's the Snoop Dogg. I'm I, quitting smoke and then but really I'm doing so. an ad for the stove. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the MLS. Yeah. Uh for anything. Dumb idea. I have pinnacle point for uh this is my man, the 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 Norwegian stud Erling Holland. You love this guy. I've been saying this for a long time. Actually for about two years. Plus, he's my horse. The next gen, Messi, Ronaldo, their exit stage left. We know that Mbappe and Holland are the two players arguably at the top of the pile in the discussion yep. to be the next big things, right? Uh, 
quickest and youngest player to hit 40 goals in the Champions League and the quickest player in the EPL to hit 50 goals, both within a, you know, a week's time here. Yeah. That's unprecedented. Not only did I just state the, the statistical reality of what he's doing, but he's doing it at a time where he's running past horses, thoroughbreds, putting, the, putting it in the net against... You know, incrementally, Champion League's foes, EPL foes, <laughs> yeah. the top two arguably competitions in the world that are marking the shit out of him. It's not like they're letting him go and don't know who he is. I mean, he's he's pretty noticeable, and people know he can score. So he's he's getting out of coverage. He's breaking every. He can score multiple different scheme. ways, which is the well, most I, impressive. Way. Let me ask you this: Who is two and three on that list? Do you even know? Uh, I think Holland's clearly in my world. Holland's. No, I'm just talking about quickest to champions or EPL 50 and 40, whatever you just uh, said. There. Mbappe's got to be close. Um, not EPL, obviously, because he's in. You know, you see, that's the thing with Mbappe. Big old asterisks. You're playing in France. That is not England. That is not the Premier League. Your it's team seven down. It's not La Liga. Yeah. Are subpar at best. Um, so I don't care until these guys well, like Neymar. Neymar never has hasn't taken a shot at you know the big swing. Nope. Go to England. Not, Ronaldo did, but well, he started. I mean, to a degree, he started. He that. did. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, there's that one, and then um, I had, I, I think I had one more here. Really, we're going I, uh, five pinnacle points today. Yeah, Thank, real quick. You're welcome, though, Chris. Though. This yeah. one's a quick one though. Uh, I'm gonna move to D2 NCAA. Um, you know, tr uh, truth so or college soccer truth page or whatever, whatever that. You, you know were what I'm talking about? Truth Social earlier. <laughs> you know, uh, my my yes. my account has lapsed. Um, D two, the t the sixteen teams remaining. Okay. Something like that. The average roster count. Take a pick, or take a guess. They have a total players. Total players 40. on the What's yours for a D two school? Yeah, forty. Forty five. Yeah, really. 45. Yep, they carry large squads. Like, it, because they have a B team. Most D2 schools with varsity sports have a D, have a, a, a B team. B team as in beer, as uh, in club. As in, we wanted this kid's money. As in bullshit. <laughs> so we God. gave him, we gave him a spot on the soccer team. And then you wow. find out later that you're on the B team and you'll never see a varsity spot. Well, maybe that's how high school guys are getting guys in college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just there. Just played. Yo, I like that. That's a perfect uh, segue. We we got our guest here sitting on mute, just suffering through our uh, banter. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna get a couple refills. We're gonna be back with a uh, little chat, more soccer chat. Uh, here's another one of my uh, 2023 wrapped. We think Zach, you like this one? I do. Little Leon Bridges, text Sun while on our way out. When we come back, more stuff. Yep. You down it. with that? Oh, yeah. All right. See ya. You say you like the wind blowing through your hair. Come on, roll with me to the sun. Hey, everyone. Buying a home, it's kind of a big deal. Never has there been more competition to buy, so few homes to choose from, all made worse by an uncertain interest rate landscape. Now that you're short a bedroom for the third kid, you're in the wrong school district, 
and a walkable corner pub isn't nearly close enough, it's time to reach out to the Pinnacle Loan Team for help. They work with a network of agents that have their feet on the ground across the whole region and have a number of loan products that are cost-effective with a process that is simple. Basically, they've got you covered from start to finish. So when it's time to buy, visit thepinnacleloans.com. That's thepinnacleloans.com. Simply the best in home loans. I'm nine years old. When I'm not playing soccer, jumping on a trampoline, or playing Xbox, with permission of course, I listen to the Baked In Podcast with Josh Allen. Josh talks to some of the most incredible business leaders in St. Louis. From Maxine Clark of Build-A-Bear to Gerard Kraft, the chief flavor officer for my favorite team, St. Louis City SC. There's something for everyone. If you are interested in the secret sauce of success, check out the Baked In Podcast. Now, back to those old guys. We're back. Got full drinks. What, what, what instrument is this? Synth. Key synthesizer. Okay. It's not a guitar. I know. But it's kind of close. And my point was the best again. They, uh... It's, it's, <laughs> it's not a trumpet. <laughs> was that a corned beef burger? It had corned beef on it, yeah. Was it good? It was really good. Awesome. Yeah, it was uh, Let's do that. Let's do a quick Yelp review. Uh, so, Zach, we're at Maggie O'Brien's. What did you order today? I had the... I think it's called the Patio Burger, or Matt... I don't know what it's called. Actually, to be honest, I'll have to look it back up and correct myself. But it was a burger with... Uh, or corned beef, corned beef, slaw, and Thousand Island cheese. No cheese, Swiss cheese. So it's basically a Reuben with a burger. All right, I so tell you what, I, I, got, I, I, I got a pinnacle pet peeve point of the day. Swiss is not; it's useless. I agree on almost entire application of Swiss, except for a Reuben. Why? It works on a What does it do? Just hold the shit together longer? Because it doesn't yeah. taste like anything. It, it holds it together a little bit. It's got a little it's got holes in it, in it. So it doesn't really even do its job. <laughs> I tell you what, Thousand Island is in. Um, you mean McDonald's special sauce? Maybe. But a Thousand Island is an underrated burger topping. I like Thousand Island. Underrated on a burger. burger topping, terrible salad dressing. Have you ever had a salad with Thousand yeah, Island on it? Yeah, my dad liked it. So oh, my all grandma's house. <laughs> yeah. It's like French dressing. Who would you just ever, look like one of that? those mem cats. Yeah. That with just... the shrimp. <laughs> all right. I can watch those for hours. I know, because you myself. send them to us know, all day long. I know. And you laugh and giggle like I giggle all day, <laughs> and my kids and my wife just roll their eyes. And then I send them the video that I was looking at. And then they really get upset. And then they look at you like that cat and go, Bleh. Yeah, and they go, that's not funny. Yeah, that's like, not I funny. disagree. I think it's hilarious. It's guest time. Now that we've uh, given the official uh, Reuben Burger review. Yeah, it's great. Without further ado, because you're reading your dashboard, you already know who the guest is today. Round two with Ledoux, high school soccer coach. A uh, disruptor of all things good and evil <laughs> through the central corridor in the public school ranks. Coach Dave Ehrenberg, how you doing, man? 
Hey, what's going on, guys? Good, to, good to be here again. You're, uh, you're, you're excited about this. You got a little pep in your step today, don't you? I'm, I'm amazed you guys have me back. So, yeah, it's fun to be back here. Well, look, the first episode, um, just from a metric standpoint, did extremely well. Apparently, people really wanted to dive into that topic. That topic, just generically being high school and club, etc. Um, but beyond that, a lot of times passed because I think we did that uh, July. It was July. July 6th was when we released it. It was probably uh, recorded like over the fourth holiday because we were talking, you right guys were talking about your hangover. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a month before season started for high school. So there's a lot of questions that have been answered since then. So I think we have a lot to talk about. We do. We do. And I think the climate has changed maybe a little bit, but maybe I'm wrong and we'd love to get this guy's opinion. Maybe your climate, like in Jared's head, changed a little bit. It is. I mean, it's kind of like four season head. Yeah, it rotates. Yeah, it's a nice head. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, can, can't call you Dave. I, sure. No, no, I don't need to call you Coach, right? Right. We're on a first name basis now. Yes. Um, <laughs> we talk enough. Congratulations, first off. Yes. Um, we, that's in order. Runner up, Class Three Missouri State Final, uh, to a degree, you know, within our backyard. Um, and we'll get into the storyline. An extremely improbable run, uh, and then you kind of ran into a a buzz saw, so to speak, in East KC. Um, we were talking about this off mic before we jumped on. Let's start there. I I would like to get into the story of East KC in particular in the final game, and then we're going to go backwards into the season and some other topics. But I think it's really important for the listeners to really understand that final and the team that you played um, and a little bit of their story. So if you could go ahead and give us, you know, a quick game recap and then let's talk about East KC and how they got there. Sure. So East KC as a school, I think a lot of people probably haven't heard of before. Um, I even had parents that were like, I grew up in Kansas City. I'd never even heard of East KC before. So it's a it's an inner city school in Kansas City. Um, fantastic soccer team. Last year, uh, they made it to the state championship game. Uh, they lost to a stacked Webster team in PKs. Um, mm-hmm. So they took Webster all the way to PKs, lost in PKs. Um, it's a school that reminds me a little bit of Soldan from St. Louis. Um, you've got... Many different countries represented there, lots of different languages being spoken, um, lots of immigrants from foreign countries. Um, they play with a lot of heart and passion. I, I've purposely brought my soccer team there for the semifinal game. They were playing Summit before we played our semifinal against uh, Springfield Catholic. And I told the kids, because our kids didn't, they'd never heard of East KC also, I said, you guys, you got to watch this team play. And I said, Summit's great. And Summit was probably the favorite. They, they came in number one in the state. And I said, but you got to watch this East KC team because they are full of fantastic soccer players. And it's, it's a very international style game. Like they, they play a great game. And five minutes in, all the kids on, our, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the bleachers watching, they're like, coach. I mean, because when you watch them, these guys look like grown men. They, yep. are, they are grown yeah. men playing. Yeah. yeah, I caught a little bit of it because I... I, I I went out there that day because I wanted to secretly scout your semifinal game. 
and I caught the, I don't know, maybe the last 20, 30 minutes of the East KC Rockwood game. Um, they were athletes. Oh, my gosh. Start there. I mean, uh, like, everywhere. you know, pound for pound. I mean, Rockwood, you could tell they were technical. They were good. You know, a, a good squad. Yeah. East KC was different, though. You know, it's that whole, you know, when you watch a group of uh, it kids. I mean, look, you don't have national team players on that team, but they were very good. So my question to you is, as your kids are watching it and you and your staff watching, thinking, because you, you had the easier draw. Uh, of the of the four, you you because the team you guys played uh, Springfield, uh, they were little dudes. I mean, I was watching that one, and that's like, okay, you guys you guys got this. You should have it, and you did get it. But watching East KC, did you guys like? Shit, we 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 got <laughs> we got to reset a little bit here, and and were the kids aware of the potential of those kind of athletes for the first time all year? So we had to reset a little bit, like you said, because. Then when we won our game, well, so now I brought the kids and they watched East KC, who's like this, I mean, you know, every, every, single, every single player on their team was bigger, stronger, faster than my kids. Right. Even uh, Jordan? <clears throat> even Jordan. Really? Yeah. Okay. They, were, they were big, dude. I mean, Jordan's, like, not, yeah. Jordan's not big. He's but fast. He's fast, he's fast as shit. Um, these, ki- these, these guys were, they were legit. So then, the, and you don't get a lot of time, you know, so we, we play on Friday. And then the championships game is Saturday, so we actually we did a little walkthrough um, Saturday morning before we played. And and my big message to the to the guys was, as good as they are, and East KC is very good. Our schedule has prepared us for this game. Like we've played Chaminade and Viani, and you can go down the list. I mean, we the, our schedule is very tough. Um, so this is we have to approach this game like any other game. Sure. You know, on social media, I got a kick out of it. The guy from Tampa, the heart guy. Jim Hart. He had sent a, a social media message, I think, directed at you, and it was kind of from that Hoosiers mold, like the, the field is still 100 yards long, the, the, the goals are still, you know, whatever. You, you know, I, and I got a kick out of that because of this team. And so your walkthrough, you finished the walkthrough. Did, tactically, did you guys have to change what you did? We did. Um, so we, we kind of rolled this season for the majority in a 4-3-3 um, with, with two attacking center mids. Um, and we went into the game with that, but I, I told the kids, I said, if it's not working, we're going we're gonna to drop back to holding. Park the bus. A little bit of park the bus. <laughs> JP's favorite. Because there is, well, when you're in a championship game, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is there isn't a next game. Yeah, right. So... So we and 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 Jordan Wachnin, who you mentioned earlier, um, he was he was a lot he was a, a big field general for us. Um, came back from academy to play high school um, as a sophomore. We'll, we'll get to that. All right. Yeah. Just <laughs> um, and so you know, typically he was in more of a ten role and attacking. Um, but I I told him early on, like you you have to sit back in our in the holding role with another fantastic. We have a senior named Logan Wallace um, who's going to play at Missouri S and T next year. Um, so the two of them back in the holding role kind of kept everything together for us. Um, and so we kind of, we were more in the counter punching mold than for the game. Um, but we were right in it. So, I mean, zero, zero at halftime. Um, they started out pretty fast. We were, we were taking the punches by the end of the first half. We were, we were starting to gain momentum. Um, felt pretty good at halftime, actually. Second half started, uh, five minutes in, maybe, maybe even less than five minutes in. There was a foul at the top of the box. Um, our kid got kicked in the head. 
everyone's assuming it's a direct free kick. Um, the ref had called a dangerous play, so it was indirect, but everyone on the field, their team included, thought it was a direct free kick. Jordan Walking steps up from 19 yards out. Buries it. Buries it. Immediately called off. Um, and that, you know, that changed the momentum. I, I, I still think if we if we score that goal, because then East That's KC, yeah, East KC is like, whoa, you know, we got we got to do something here. Well, I think it's one of those things too. When you play a team that on paper and, and you know, and on the field, when you look at physical prowess and they've got the speed, they've got the size, they're knocking the ball around. When you can get past ten minutes of weathering the initial storm, then you get to twenty five. And they're still struggling. But when you get to halftime and you go into halftime and you shut them out, that's a huge mental advantage to the team that technically is expecting to take it on the chin like you guys were. Because, I I mean, I talked to a lot of people that were there that had watched both games and they're like, East KC, you know, know, they're going to roll this thing. You know, and you guys, kudos to you and, and the boys and how they weathered that. And unfortunate that, you know, the indirect was what it was. But, um Let's just fast forward to the end because the end, what, the final score ended. So they up- scored with a, I don't know, 14 minutes left. Yeah, uh, kind of a freakish play. A guy hit a rocket. Um, our goalie, who's been great all year, misplayed a little bit, um, and then we were kind of in shock. They scored like 30 seconds later. Great goal. Uh, so we're down two nothing. We we push numbers up. We throw the kitchen sink, but it wasn't enough. So yeah. we end up losing two nothing. Two nothing. You finish second in the state. You get a, still get an awfully big trophy for that. Wow! Um, Congratulations. Clearly, the boys would have preferred to have won that game, but you know, I have to assume in short order after the final whistle, they probably felt really good um, about the season given the season that you had. I rounded them up very quickly because you know, in the in the heat of the moment, you've got teenage boys. There's they're upset, and obviously, yeah. you know, everyone wants to win. Um, but I, I'm like, guys, we weren't even sure we were going to win our first game in the district. So, you know, what, the run we went on, I mean, we finished the season 12 and 15. <laughs> so, um, you know, the run we went on, it was a fantastic finish to the year. And I think it helped change the narrative of our, of our season. Part sure. of that record, though, and we'll get into these guys, Zach and JB, are familiar. Um, part of that record, that 12 and 15 record, is a little bit... Um, Put the asterisks on it. Yeah, There's put the asterisks on it because of um, some of the adversity that you, your school, um, your administrators had to deal with a little bit. Um, can, can we talk about that a little bit uh, early on? I mean, what's the right way to get into that, Zach, you think? I, I, I think just asking the question, you know, you had some adversity, some team infractions that uh, – made it a little more difficult because there were some personnel <laughs> situations that you had to deal with. And so can you just in a, in a very casual way without, you know, getting into any legal trouble, which you, I, I have legal star written as a, as a yeah, note for Aaron. This Bird. isn't your first rodeo. <laughs> you, you, you've been known to uh, you've been in federal court for cutting kids. <laughs> yeah. So by the way, I did see an article today that a school up in, I think it was that Massachusetts. Hinsd- oh, wait, no. The, the, I thought you were talking about the Hinsdale South. Uh, yeah. Basketball. He, 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 I sent that to JB. He sent it to me. <laughs> yeah, where the mom sued the school for. Now, I think that story is a little different, but. Yeah, yeah I didn't, I didn't well, go let, all the way okay, into Okay, so let me, let, me, let me speed this up a little bit. Bottom line is you had a bunch of kids that uh, had some disciplinary issues um, that you basically 
with your staff, you created an ultimatum. And, and the ultimatum resulted in purposely forfeiting games uh, as a result of dealing with the issue. Number one, how many games was it? We had to forfeit four. Forfeited four. Now, you were only uh, two, three, four games into the season. How many, uh, roughly? I think we had played seven or eight at that point. Seven or eight? Yeah. Um, and I think at the time your record was maybe 500, if I, if I recall. Right around there, yeah. Um, so you're going into game eight, roughly, and then the, and the, the program basically is shelved while you deal with the fallout the of bullshit. that. Yeah. Let's call it what it is, bullshit. <laughs> Unfortunate bullshit. So what I'm curious about is the can you speak to the mental state that you as a coach, I mean, because you take so much pride in the program for all of the kids, um, and obviously that trickles down to your JV and your freshmen, sure. and they're all watching everything yeah. going on. What was it emotionally? What did it mean to you to, to stand by your guns, you know, you and the staff and the school, to do that knowing you got seniors, you've got this 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 uh, North Star that is the varsity team, and the rest of the program is looking at it. How hard was that for you, and what was it like? That's yeah, a it's a really good question. I so I mean I think yeah. to start it's it's to say I'm I'm a big culture guy. As as I think if you talk to any coach, it's all about building the culture, right? I mean you, you the wins come because of the foundation. You you want to build that foundation, that culture. Um, and this season, for whatever reason, the the kids weren't getting to the standard that that we have at Ladue. Like they weren't performing to the Ladue culture that had been built up. Um, and because of these team infractions, it was it, they were egregious enough and pervasive enough that something drastic had to happen. So so my staff and AD. Um, you know, there's no manual. There's no like, oh, when this happens, turn to page five. And you know, this is this is, is there a manual now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's an addendum. We, it's called the Ehrenberg addendum. There, there at least is some experience, I guess. I don't. Um, but yeah, there, there, I've never had something like this happen before. So, um, so we we thought something something drastic had to happen in order to to address this because it wasn't going to be worth playing more games with the infractions that were happening. This was well, not our standard. Because, again, your culture is not about the 18 rostered and 24 you know, varsity players or whatever the numbers are. Your culture is the program, right. which is you know, 50, 60 kids all the way down through. The 75. Program. I mean, we had like 75 kids on the program. So, yeah. so those individuals, you, were, you, were, you had to toe a line to kind of m- right. make it universal. So as the, as it tailed on and then so we had so we decided to forfeit games. Um it was a tough decision um and again and a lot of this because there is this was kind of unprecedented I had to just do what I thought was going to be the right thing for the team at the time. Um it was not a popular decision as you can imagine. Um I had obviously players that were upset, players that were involved that were upset, players that weren't involved that were upset parents of kids that were not involved upset with me um and of kids that were involved that were upset um but i i felt at the time like it was we couldn't continue as normal until things got addressed um there was a point in time in that where i i honestly thought we might not play another game this year um so i mean we 
as, as it was four games, but it's two weeks. It felt like an eternity. I'm right. sure it did. Were um, you practicing at that time? No, just, I mean everything we, was literally. Shown. We it, it was like boom, done. Wow. Um, What's the movie where the coach goes up and chains the uh, the Coach Carter? Yeah, yeah, the, Coach uh, Carter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never seen that. Someone said that to me. Did you I'm Coach like, Carter I, the fence? I, I've, I've I haven't seen the movie before, but no, someone they, made they, that reference. You, you probably did what most public high schools did, which is you take your goals and you shove them into one end of the end zone and then chain them chain. together, yeah. so that no one can play soccer <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> Sounds like Webster. <laughs> Sounds like every <laughs> high school I've ever prisons. Known. So I mean, and. I I think if you if you asked our players even I mean and myself included I, there was a point where I was like I don't know if we're gonna play another game um, but eventually things got handled things got sorted out some personnel changes um, and we we came back it was it was a surreal experience because here we are past the midway point of the season yeah, yeah I mean you're roughly at 12 games. and and now we it's like we're starting back we're four games under like, 500 okay so point. let's let's go back in time then First practice back, what's the first speech? What do you say to a group of sophomores, juniors, I mean, teenage boys after so, what happened? I think the thing was, um, and I talked about this the first time I came on, I'm, I'm huge on scouting, I'm huge on yep. tactical stuff. With this group, we, we couldn't get there. There were so many little things that had to be, we had to, we had to rebuild the culture. So that first practice back, it was it was literally reinstating. Here are all the little things that make Ledoux successful, and this is what we're going to focus on. Did you not just run him for fucking three hours? You know, I'm not. <laughs> that was That's suggested. Honestly, that was suggested, and there there was some running because you are a public school. I mean, that's what you like, I, my my, view, my views on straight fitness have really changed over the years. I we we rarely just do straight running. I mean, that's just not that's just not my thing. Uh, we okay. get our we get our fitness in through our drills and our playing and stuff. Yeah. Um, but but we were huge sticklers on all the little things and 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 really, if you look at the second half of the year, um, I didn't do a ton of tactical stuff that I usually do, because the focus was small stuff, small stuff. So let's get the process down. Let's get the culture back. So so was there like a fire lit for you personally? You know, because you're the one that has to go home after dinner with your wife and kids and you're halfway through the season how do you light that fire to try and create the momentum on in essence a 50 percent of the season because if you were going into the suspensions at roughly 500 you're clearly below 500 post the forfeits you're starting behind the eight ball because it, that's a true reset how hard was it for you very candidly there were multiple occasions I, I thought I was done coaching. Very candid. Um, well, you know damn. this is a public podcast. I know. Okay. Damn. I can be candid on, on a public damn. podcast. Damn. And, I mean, and that's not a secret. I, like, people knew that. I was, I was on the brink. Um, it was very hard. I, I took it very personal. I think I take, very, I take great pride in the program that I've helped create at Ledoux. Um, I think, you know, I've been around this game long enough that I'm I'm well enough known in the community. Coaches obviously saw we're forfeiting. It was embarrassing. Like, I have coaches like, what's happening there? And, I'm, you know, it was an embarrassing thing. None of your business. Um, and, and, and again, candidly, coming on your guys' podcast, here I am championing the high school experience. Here, you know, high school, <laughs> awesome, right. amazing high school. And then, and then we have this season. And I was like... The timing of it seemed like a just a kick in the junk, and 
and, and I told my kids, I told the players that. I said, guys, not not of any fault of your guys, but like I'm kind of the face, I'm the counterculture face right now. And and here we are. It it feels like you guys are spitting in my face a little bit. Here I am. I'm I'm bumping you guys up like rah-rah high school, and like this is what happens. So I personally it was very tough. It was really tough. Um it was it was a very tough season. Not one that I'd want to have to go through. Do you, I'm going to ask you a, a question that comes from a, a personal place, which is, you know that my wife is an assistant principal. She's been in education for 20 plus years. In therapy since the day I got married. <laughs> well, and that's another story. But <laughs> I, I'm, I want to get your perspective as a coach, because what I'm hearing a lot from my educator friends, and including my, my wife, is there's not a lot of accountability for the behavior and it's not because the administrators are not able to do it. It's just, even when they do apply a discipline that's in the manual, the kids are like, so who cares? Are you seeing a trend in that even on the athletic side with, with, with players? Yeah. But I do think the caveat there is sports are very powerful. Yes. And, and when you take away sports, mm-hmm. You, you're going to get a response. That's a sore spot. Yeah. So, so again, that's why I thought one of the things to make change happen this year it needed to be drastic. So, so when we start forfeiting games and players are like, oh, crap, like we really might forfeit this whole season. And I told the kids, like, we will forfeit until this gets happened. out. Yeah. And they knew I meant that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, that, that brings about some of the accountability. So we've talked about the, um, just kind of the timeline up to now. Um, after you got over the I might not coach, after the issue got ironed out, and you got, you know, back to playing, how rewarding it was it to be with those kids, um, the community at Ladue to rally around you guys, and, and then to go on that, which we'll explain here, the, the magical run you guys did. Um, can you talk about the 180 that took place? I mean, and, and just how flipping awesome it was? Yeah, and it was I'm really happy, especially for our younger guys. You know, the younger guys kind of stuck with this. Uh, they were they were kind of thrown in to this situation. Well, I mean, they were probably deer in headlights. Yeah, it was. I it, mean, they are underclassmen. Right. And so, and and a lot of them were kind of forced into leadership roles. Again, I'm going to talk about Jordan Walking. He's a sophomore who, who kind of got thrust into a leadership role because of all this stuff. Um extremely happy for them and and they the fortitude that they gained from the season so at the end of the day the narrative of the season really changed because of how we finished it's awesome um yeah that's what i was going to ask which is obviously midway through the season thinking about what the legacy of the season is going to be was (laughs) a little shaky like oh my god this is going to be that season we we think about season of 23 where the lost season the lost season yeah I would guess, and this is an assumption, that if I ask most of the players on your team to think back on this season, what do they think about the most? I'm going to guess they're thinking about these wins and the run in the districts and, and playing in the state championship. Uh, Just think, a guess. No doubt. No well, I, I think, you know, for them not to lean into that time, because, look, we all enjoy winning. We love to grow. We love to train. We like to get better. We like to improve. We like to minimize our mistakes and all that shit. But the reality is you learn through loss. 
So you have two massive learning opportunities for these kids. One that lasted two weeks and another one that lasted basically 25 minutes until the final whistle. Right. So let me, let me just ask you a, <clears throat> a fun question and then we're going to take a quick break. You went through the season with these guys. Um, when the final game came, talk about the kid. Talk about one. Name drop. Who, who out of all of that stood out to you as a coach? Because all coaches will say, oh, I love my team. But the reality is there are certain players that resonate. Who resonated for you and why in this tumultuous season with such a fairy tale ending? Uh, that, that's a great question too. I think for me, well, shoot, it's so hard to pick one because we had a lot. We had a lot that stood out. Um, I'll give you two. You got you got two for me. <laughs> no, I mean I'll, I'll let you have two. Oh, okay, I thought you had. Them. He's being polite. No. Um, one of them was a, a pretty unheralded senior, um, Owen Levine. Um, ended up winning the Sportsmanship Award for our All Conference. Um, That's cool. He not a starter, probably averaged twenty minutes a game, something like that. Um, but he was one of the the bridges between kind of the situation, a liaison between the players and myself in the dark days. Um, that really that stuck true. I um, mean, he he, and so I was really proud to for this for this moment for him. Um, and then I mean, if I'm gonna pick the side again, it's I have to just kind of lump the the underclassmen, the underclassmen, who a lot of them could have kind of bailed. Like, oh, all right, this is kind of a lost season. Like, we're just we're done with this. And the and the fact that they stayed in it, um, and then and in many ways helped lead us towards the end. And we had, I mean, and I don't know how much you want to go into this, but we had some amazing games. Like, we had to beat Whitfield in district final down two men. I mean, we had two red cards. So we we held off of Whitfield, a very good Whitfield team. Sellers was on that team. Sellers was on that team. So we're, yeah. we're down two men in the final 11 minutes yeah. and hold on for victory. Uh, I mean, there were some incredible moments in that postseason that, that again, that, that changes the That's going to be the memory. That's the memory. I, I really do. And I think I, I wrote leadership down, and we'll talk about it when we come back, back from the break. But I think that's such a huge part of the culture you're trying to build yeah. and, and maintain. And I will, I want to really dig into that a little bit more. Great, thanks. I, I'm going to come full circle. Just congratulations, man, because it's uh, you know we've kind of forged an an unlikely friendship through this, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, but to literally, I wouldn't say I had a front row seat, but it's probably a one B seat. Because you kind of let me know <laughs> what was going <laughs> on throughout. And I'm just kind of amazed at how it played out. Kudos to you, man. Uh, ton of class to be able to pull that off. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We've got refills coming our way. We're down here at Maggie O'Brien's. Uh, I'm playing a little bittersweet symphony for you, man. It seems a little apropos yeah. at the moment. And when we come Terrible back. choice. <laughs> well, good thing you don't get kidding. to choose. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thanks for joining us. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, 
or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. Refills. Uh-oh. I've listened to you guys enough to know this is where Jared says, is this like the Beatles or... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this is uh, ACDC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with the flute. Oh, God, you're such a idiot. It's Michael Jackson. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Obviously. How did you know? You got the M right. Dave, you know who it is? I... As soon as I said that, I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't know who this is. <laughs> is this Jethro Tull? I don't know. I don't uh, know. No, they, that's flute. Uh, Marshall Tucker, guys. Uh, Marshall Tucker band. Listen to a little bit. KC95 every now and There you go. Oh, I know this song. You guys are killing me. This is before my time, you know? The, classic rock is not before anybody's time. It's always on the radio. You guys are killing me here. <laughs> We're back. We got some refills down here at... <clears throat> Maggio's. Maggio's. The Maggio's. I'm going to just like the pinnacleloans.com. Um, I hate tinsel. I hate What does glitter. that even mean? They're just all these decorations are just full of tinsel. I, I, I'll take tinsel over glitter any day, though. It's the same thing. No. Tinsel you could find and you can actually pick it off and throw it away. Glitter, you do that and then you get 16 more spots that you can't see and other people can and they're constantly looking at the glitter spots on you. That's, why is Mandy that's always why, covered in glitter? I was going to say, that's why professional dancers don't wear tinsel. <laughs> you open the door on that one. You do realize that, right? I don't know how I opened the door to that comment. Be, be, because his head well, that's true. is always in the gutter. I take it back. <laughs> Uh, we're back. Dave Ehrenberg <clears throat> talking about the 2023 mythical run to runner up. Um, you know, a lot of other things that we wanted to talk about that, um, kind of parlay off of everything that you, that, that you just went through the, the state tournament in particular. And the first thing I want to, I want to dive into, <clears throat> excuse me. Because as most of you know, sitting at this table, uh, our friends across the state who love our show and are my biggest fans on Twitter. Um, Zach loves you. <laughs> they do the retweets. Yeah. The guy without an original thought ever. Um, they made a point to tell us, you know, the uh, soccer capital. We had all the state titles this year or the big ones. Um Class four, you had Rockhurst versus um, Park Hill. South. Thank you, Park Hill, to Kansas City teams. And then, obviously, you guys played East KC. Totally different story. I respect the East KC story, public school. Um, that's just a cool thing. But what I want to talk about or get your take on, you know, because you've been in the game. What was the first year you started coaching? 2014. Well, as the head coach. Head coach. I mean, I've been coaching since 2005. 05. So from 05, I mean, we're talking about 18 years, you know, give or take. A lot of state tournaments, clearly at class three and class four, um, really for the past 50 years, 
it's been St. Louis dominant. Sure. It just is what it is. Does the Misha director live in Kansas City? No, I don't think so. Probably lives in Oklahoma City. Jeff has no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, so I, I want to get your take on this rivalry between the two cities from a high school perspective, uh, because you're there. You're you know you're at Sock Park. You see these teams coming in. You saw all the players. What happened this year, in your opinion, when you look at the teams and you look at the names more importantly from our backyard? that didn't make it through, uh, you know, specifically at the 4A side. Um, What do you think was going on this year that resulted in Kansas City having three of the four final slots in three and four? So I think there's a a myriad of of things going on. Um, First of all, when you look at Kansas City's high school setup, they don't have the same number of private schools that we do. So when you look at a Rockhurst, that would be like imagine if instead of there being a Desmet, CBC, Chaminade, uh, Viani, like you had Rockhurst. So that's kind of what it's like in Kansas City. So they funnel in all those kids that would be separated to all these different schools into one school. So there, I mean, that's a it's a glut of talent. Rockhurst had a fantastic team. So there's you can't take anything away from Rockhurst team. They, and, and Coach Darby, who I know well. Um, I, I coached against him a few times. He used to coach at Notre Dame to Scion on the girls' side. Um, and we would, we would take trips out to KC every year. Uh, in fact, on the boys' and girls' side, we go to KC every year because I like playing the other side of the state. Um, and, and the but biggest, not for the barbecue. <laughs> they got good barbecue. I, St. Louis is better, but I like their barbecue too. You go know, ahead, Jared. It, it's funny. Go we, ahead, Jared. I know. <laughs> no, you guys will like this. No. I, I, go. Because, you know, if you're going to go to Kansas City, you, go, you, you have to eat their barbecue. Well, so we take these out-of-town trips, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll play like a Friday and then maybe two Saturday games. Yeah. Um, and so I'll, I'll take the kids to lunch on the Saturday to a barbecue restaurant. In <laughs> between and games. And then we'll go play the second game, and the kids are like, Coach, what are you doing? I'm like, well, <laughs> you got to have the barbecue, right? So um, we're powered by barbecue at that point. So, But w- here's what I've seen. When I go to Kansas City, they just don't have the depth – that we do in St. Louis. I mean, literally in St. Louis, there are 40 high schools on any given night that could beat another high school. Um, And in Kansas City, you're not going to get that. So when you look at the state tournament, um, they don't have to go through the same gauntlet that a St. Louis school has to go to. And I know, like, the argument's like, well, you know, you got to beat them at some point, so who cares if you beat them in the district? Well, I mean, it does matter because... Most of the time, a school like Rockhurst isn't going to really get a huge challenge in their district tournament. Like, they might not have to play a super tough team until they get to the state tournament. Well, you're talking about teenage boys, too. And at the end of the day, yes, they're competitive. But within the St. Louis marketplace, you're you're expecting these kids, that, you know, our kids, um, they have to get up often. Like, right. they're a ri- there's not one rivalry. You know, when you have a, a school, take CBC. Who's CBC's rival? Any number of teams. Whoever they're Five, playing in the MCC. Six. Right. That's that's kind of my point. Like, so these kids go through this constant. We got to get to the top of the mountain mentally because that's a tough game. Whereas, and look, I'm not going to take any credit away from the kids in Kansas City that at Rockhurst in particular sure, that no. do run it, but. When you when you have a long runway to become motivated in the expectation of playing 
a SLU or a CBC or whoever, that's different. They're, they're not running the gauntlet. And I think the other thing that's lost in that, too, is it, it's tough to get up for every single game. You know, So yeah. when you look at, at the road that a CBC has to take, and they have to fend off a Lindbergh and, you know, SLU, Vianney, like all these big schools, there's mines all over the place. Liberty, St. Dom. Right. Like you might, you're, you might step on a mine at some point that you just don't see in the other regions to state. And, and that makes things unique. That's why it's really tough. I, I think in St. Louis, getting to state is always a huge deal because you have, you've dodged a bunch of mines to get there. So do you expect kind of a return to uh, normalcy is what I'm going to call it uh, next year, the following year? Um, or do you believe that given the east or the western part of the state's kind of softer path, is it, is it just going to continue to be more difficult for St. Louis teams? Well, okay. Well, the other thing that's at play that we're, you know, the elephant in the room is we're also, <laughs> we also have academy teams that are, that are taking a lot of players from the St. Louis high 220 schools. high school age kids playing in an academy in St. Louis today. We had eight at Ledoux. Yeah. You know, so you had eight in your hallway at Ledoux? Yeah. Playing for City, uh, Lufu, Scott Gallagher. Correct. How many did Rockhurst have in their in their hallway? That's a great question. Well, so, so that's the thing. I mean, we we know the academies well enough to know the SKC Academy is over fifty percent uh, transplants. It is not backyard players. That's another part of it. So they they literally so and they only have what two two age groups. Are they 15, 17? They got 14, 15, 17. Yeah, 14s. Okay, 14. So the 14s are too young. So 15, 17s. No. 15, 17s, and if they have half, we're talking about 20 kids. We have 220. You know, that that's an insane number. So, I, and I also think, you know, and I don't want to degrade Kansas City, the, the level of talent there is good. So when we go to Kansas City, those are good games. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think the gauntlet point is warranted. But they're still winning that final game. That's that's right. that's so what I can't argue. You, you can't. But they didn't play a St. Louis team. Whatever. They played well, the top St. Louis class team. Class three did. Huh? Class class three did. No, I I agree with that. What I'm getting at is, yeah, Rockers played Park Hill. Okay, but they still had to play St. Louis teams to get to that point. So they got up for those games that well, they needed to, even after a, what we were kind of deeming a softer season. And I'm not giving any sort of credence to fat kids. chicks and bad barbecue. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, no, but I mean, let's look at four, you know, in the four class, look to, to yes. Lindbergh was a very good team. Burroughs, nobody on their bingo card in mid April was like, Burroughs is going to be the one that's going to roll, roll through to this final. Right. You know, I, because we still are MCC heavy. You know, there, there's an expectation of one to two of those programs. Can I talk about Burroughs for a second? I, yeah. Alan's a good friend of mine. Sure, coach go ahead. Amazing coach. For my money, probably the best coach in St. Louis, honestly. The, the dude is a tactical. Over Joe Clark? High school. Oh, okay. High school. <laughs> high school. Over Greg Keller? High school. High school <laughs> yes. coach, yes. yes. I, I, what Alan does... With his talent is amazing. Um, he's gone to state twice in three years now. Burroughs is 
um, their enrollment is half the size of the schools that they're playing. So when Burroughs knocks off SLU... It's kind of like a Stanford. I mean, that, it's huge. You know, from a educational participation standpoint. But I think we're going to go... Th- we're going to talk a little bit about this, too. One of the things that Misha has gotten right is they have the success factor now for private schools. So if you're a good private school, they bump you up to where you should be challenged. Yeah, so, so let's talk about good. Misha. Why, why are they not doing that with public schools, and who's to blame? <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know the exact people there, but I'm, I'm very vocal about I would love to see uh, the success factor for all. And I think th- the movement is growing. The movement is growing. It's out there. Um, there was just an advisory board meeting yesterday, actually, and it was brought up again. And it's being brought up like almost every year. Now, it, it keeps getting shot down. Um, but there's more and more people that see that the goal should be competition. And yeah. I, it's a paradigm shift. It's a true paradigm shift. And I talked about this the last time. I think one way that club does so much better than high school right now is they get teams to yeah. play at the right level. If you had an academy team playing at the championship level, it's a joke. And, and right now in our classification system, you have too many teams that aren't classified, both too high and too low. Wasn't there like an 8 nil? uh quarterfinal game yeah that's that way every year but that's what that, you're that's saying. kind of the point yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the parody is not right um okay that's a perfect transition because you know we we debate the uh academy expansion of academy pathway high school experience all this stuff all the time and and we can break it down over over the length mm-hmm. of this conversation if Misha and the high school coaches were really paying attention to the, the, the bigger issue, you know, when you get into the realm of the one percenters that are now the four percenters, which is probably going to the seven and eight percenters, right? <clears throat> if you don't make the high school landscape more competitive, create parity for just the best teams playing the best teams... You're creating, you being Misha, and scheduling, you're creating even more of an incentive for families, for players, for clubs to be able to justify, look. We're done with the bullshit. We can go club route, and we know no matter what, at every age group, we will be close to parity, right? Yep. So what what do you think, what do you see needs to happen in order to take the next step because Missouri high school soccer right now outside of champions league. And we'll talk about that in a little bit is antiquated. How do you fix that? Well, I had a whole proposal that I put up last year. Um, it, it didn't pass obviously, but, um, we have, we have a NPR, which is a Missouri power ranking. It's, it's Mm -hmm. objective. There are points given for this. It's not perfect. And I know it's not perfect. But it's something. But it's something. And it's I like I'd an say, RPI, right? Yeah. 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 I'd say it, it, it's, it's about it's about 90% accurate, yeah. somewhere in that range. You know, there's a few outlier teams that you're like, oh, okay, maybe they're winning against some weak opponents, so their their NPR is getting abnormally raised. But for the most part, very accurate. Mm-hmm. And so my, my idea is we go off the NPR, and you at the at – the, and it, right now the success factor is a six-year cycle. So I'll take a, a team like oh, Principia. That's, yeah, Whoa. that's too Principia – dominated class one i think they won like two class one state championships they got bumped up to class three well so now they're almost they're punished for six years at class three when they're not 
their talent level really isn't at the class three level. Yeah. And then until all of those points, they lose those points and they get back down to class two or something. So my thing is, take the year you're in, a couple weeks before the playoffs, you take your top, I had actually, my proposal was the top 32 teams. Because the difference between one to 32 is, is doable. One to 64 is kind of a big, that's a big range. But you take one to 32, those t- that's your class four. You take your next best 64, that's your class three. Take your next best, that's your class two. I don't care about enrollment. That that's antiquated. I, so many I people, agree. so many people that, are that wrapped makes up. A whole hell of a lot of sense. They're so wrapped up in school size, and I my argument's always like, oh, is that why China's winning the World Cup every year? You know, like so. <laughs> <In> the, <laughs> like, so enrollment does not equal success. Like I, your culture, your your demographics are, are are what drives what why a team is good, and a lot of that is private school. Like, and we know private schools have an advantage. I get like that's the elephant in the room. I don't. Some people out there want to divide well, private and public. I no, don't no, want to do that. So, so I'm I'm actually going to be on your side here. I think private schools are are having to compete more now mm-hmm. because of academies. They have less of an advantage now with the third and just the environment of youth soccer in the high school age over the last twelve to fifteen years. Well, take take schools like a Webster, like a Ladue, like uh, Liberty. Right, Lindbergh. Lindbergh public schools that, if the switch was flipped and academy kids could play, now here's what I think would ultimately happen. Let's say that number is uh, 50 kids that are going to public schools because they're at academies. Sure, um, but if they could play, or if high school was their only option, I do believe half of them would transition out to private school. No, 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 no. I think here's the metric. Well, it, 20 years ago. If their college coaches were going to high school games, meaning they were going to tournament champions, they were going to MCC schools, if 14-year-old Sally or Johnny were going into college and they wanted to play soccer... It's two different things. They were going to the private schools because they were soccer factories where kids were, where coaches were going. That's the, that's the guess. No, what I, was, what I was laying it out as, there's an economic decision to make, right? Yeah. If, you're, if your kid... Uh, boy or girl is interested in playing at the next level and they're playing in an academy or GA or whatever and they're not allowed to play high school and the pathway is laid out, there's a financial component that is folded into that decision that you, you don't, you know, because historically, from a soccer standpoint in particular, private schools were pre-academies. That's your pathway. Or how about the eight kids that are in his building that are in Ladue that are playing academies. If academies you, did not the, exist in Ladue, those eight kids, do you think they would just play for Ladue or would they go to that's CBC? What he's saying. Yeah. That's what he's trying to, okay. to, to illustrate, which is I don't know how you predict it because everything is jacked up and shifted. Sure. <laughs> but I do just think, a little bit, right? I do think that if you would have done a, a, a survey of the players in those MCC schools, and where they actually grew up, it wouldn't be in the vicinity of no. BBC, Chaminade, Desmet, and Vianney. It would be Francis Park, all South these other County, places, North right? County. So, I think your point is valid, JB, in that that was the place, and and Jared, your point was valid as well. That that's where you went to be seen. Sure. Just like the academy's draw is, you go to a place where you're going to be seen. So, I think that's a, a legit point. I do. I don't know. There's just one little thing that just kind of sticks with me, though. It's just that 
with the academy system as it is, and with the expansion of the academy, does I do, you want, do you want me to ask the waitress yeah, for for your question? No, I, I <laughs> just skip it because I, I lost. It. No, I want you to go. No, I really did lose it. I really well, I can really I ask the question because I, right I want to talk specifically. Well, we got to get him a question too because he's sitting here wondering. Well, why but he's okay, and I'll, and I'll ask this question because this has been biting at the bit for me, by chomping at the bit. There you go. Um, since July, you didn't. Um, did you really? I've been chomping at the bit since July, listening to the episode. Um, your argument in in this this it's not necessarily academy versus high school, but the argument that you kind of laid out was, um, and I listened to it, was there. You guys had ninety kids try out for your team. You told you told us that fifty of them, um, fifty of the kids tried out for football that year. So you just said that you had eight kids. And your argument was you were worried about the experience and getting the exposure and playing for the deal. The crest. The crest. Um, you still fielded three teams. You still went to the, to the state final. Um, are you worried about those eight kids in that building, like in, in, in their experience per se? Or like I feel like coaches, maybe not you, are more worried about – the W's in the state championships because those kids within those buildings aren't playing on that team. That's that that that's my issue because because if those eight kids out of your ninety that tried out and you have sixty five on your team, well that's eight more kids that wouldn't have made it because assuming those kids, yep. they're on it. Where, where do you stand on that? It's a it's a legitimate question I think, and I th- and I think what I've said to JB when he kind of asked me this off off air. You mean the twelfth time? <laughs> <laughs> we go back and forth a little bit. A little bit. Um, my thing is, at the high school level, we have enough really we have enough really good players Absolutely. that it is still a very competitive environment. Without question. If that, if what I'm seeing happen continues on this path, it's going to be hard to field a competitive a competitive enough team for it to have that same environment. And I and I look at like CYC. I mean, you, you've you've interviewed all these guests that came through the CYC system. I mean, mm-hmm. and and did the CYC make them who they are? They're probably not. No. In the same way that, if no. I'm going to be very honest, did the it, high school make? It was kids? the system right. of the day. Sure. But look at CYC now. <clears throat> and listen, my 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 kids play CYC, so I'm you know it's all great. of our kids play CYC. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's great for what it is, but it's not. It's not the same because now kids are choosing, well, I'm not going to play for CYC. I'm going to play for the club instead because it's more competitive. And so I think when you when you start eroding at the number of competitive players that play, it does have a big effect. Like there aren't – so, so yes, I, I do think that that's where the fight is because I, I do see down the road that then I can't offer the same – you know, so a Jordan Walking, I could tell him this year – you're going to be, this is going to be competitive. Like, you're going to be challenged at practice. You're going to be challenged in games. If all of a sudden we're losing all of our best players, like, I might not be able to make that same argument, I guess, is my thing. But, but, but there's no shortage of players in the pipe because you cut 22 this year. So, like, it's, if you're, well, if and, you're and truly it's responsible. It's a universal issue. If you're truly worried about the experience, well, then the kids that you, the kids that you cut – 
they would have gained the experience. Yes, it, it, it's a tightrope. I, un, I get that. I understand what you're saying, and I think it is a tightrope. But I also think when you're talking about we cut whatever number we cut. It doesn't, yeah, and right. I don't mean to make it like right, into right. that. I, that's not my point. I'm not, uh, go but ahead. But these aren't, that wasn't like 22 varsity players that I cut, you know. So Understood. there's, so it's a little, it's a little apples and oranges there. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think, and I and I understand that. And I and again, I don't think I'm coming at this from oh my gosh, poor Ledoux. Like, look at how good we could be if we had our academy. No, I don't. I don't think you are either. Um, I think there are other people that are coming at it from that angle. Because I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the, the I see le- what you did. There. The playing field is leveled, and yeah. and so if if the level's dropping everywhere, then okay, we're everyone's going to feel it the same. Well, let's get into motive. I want to shift this up just a touch. Um, because being a parent in the process right now, um, you know, and obviously so many of my peers are on both sides of the fence, academy as well as high school, tremendous experiences on both sides, um, great programs. Um, we talk about, we debate often, um, you know, I think your favorite saying is, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Um, and, and I think that that's an important factor in this discussion because here we're talking about seismic shifts. I mean, let's call it what it is. The last 10 years, what's happened in our backyard, in St. Louis is u- truly unique nationally given the prowess of our high school systems yep. uh, historically for generations. Um there's been a seismic shift with the with the academies, with the addition of city, with the expansion of fuse. Um, but what I want to ask you about is perception, and talking about what exactly is that juice? Who is ordering it, right? And wants it specifically? Expectation from both a player perspective and a parent perspective, because for these kids that are competing, that are that love the game that want to play at the highest level, be it at academy, or maybe they were cut, or maybe they chose to leave and they want to go on to the next level, what are programs like yours? What should other high school programs be doing? Because on the academy side, that juice has been spelled out. We've heard it from the horse's mouth. Division Division one coaches across the board, that's where they're looking. So talk about the value prop. How do you, how do you address that in this shifting world? So I I don't even know if this is what you want to hear or oh. or anyone, but I don't even really try to make the argument that high school is where that's not the path. High school is not so when a kid if a kid's saying should I play academy or high school in order to get found, I have no there's no argument there. There's zero argument there. You're you're playing academy. You're playing club. Like that. That is where coaches are looking. And and I think it'd be dishonest for me to say, well, we still have a path to the. Like I don't think half high school is high school's not there for the path. High school is there for other things that I think help kids on the path. And so my argument is kind of like we there's a symbiotic relationship that has been traditionally there, um, and that I think is important. And there are many ways that we can help develop a player, but in the in the realities of the world today, I know because of the lack of schedules that you know a college coach has, like they're gonna go to a showcase, be it ECNL, 
Academy, whatever they're doing, MLS next. Right. Uh, you know, because that's where the glut of the best players Conveniency. are. Sure, it's convenient. It, it, it's, it's, it's all economics. Yeah. Sure, it is. Um, now, at the end of the day, though, Jordan's getting a lot of airplay on this. I, I'm, I'm going to bring up a player like Jordan. Jordan came back from Academy. What he was able to do for his community school and, and help lead us to a state title game and articles written about him and, and just like the, the aura around him, Jordan became a better player playing for his high school. Well, we've talked about it, Zach. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I, I... We, 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 have, we have completely <laughs> talked about it, and I want you to, to get your piece in here, but because there is, in these academy systems... These kids are playing at such a high level, and they're positioned, they're to a role, and they're to a position, and there's a lot of value to having them get removed for two months or two and a half months to go be a leader, to go take on a different role, to play a different position. Can, can I step Come before on. you start? Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't want to you know, step on your, your, your shoes here, but Jordan at his academy was a wing player. Yep. No offense to wing players. But, like, when a kid tells me they're a wing player, I'm like, okay, so, like, <laughs> you know, like, that's kind of where you stick a fast kid or whatever. I'm like, Jordan, on our team, you're center mid. Yeah. Like, you are Touch the, the, ball. You are the, the ball field general. Field. We want the ball on your foot. And and so we had to be a leader both on the field as a— 14 to 17, mentally. Yes. The, the skills you learn. Go ahead, Zach. I mean, because no, you're going to say this That's what I'm—, I, I'm, I'm I've been trying to get out, and I I don't know why my brain's not working so well. Maybe it's because I'm <laughs> Did not. Did you text the, uh, yeah. the wage? Have another club soda, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, I do think that part of the value that a high school opportunity can provide is a break from the not monotony of what the academy provides, but you do get stuck in a in a role, and that role you get really good at, and you get really good at it against other players and you have to get really, really sharp. What you provided for Jordan was a break from that to where he had to expand himself, not only physical skills, tactical skills, technical skills, but also, holy shit, they're leaning on me. Well, I, And that I, doesn't I, happen very often at the, at the academy levels because there's, there's more parity with the players, so nobody stands out as much. Well, and at the same time, the surrounding cast is still good enough right. where he can get challenged. They can and be I, supported, that, yes. That takes me back to your point, yep. is that if that surrounding cast is not good enough anymore, then I I lose... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't your provide that. I, yeah, there's yeah. nothing there. Well, I, th I think, too, when you look at especially your guys' season, um, the forfeits and... You know, going into the playoffs with a losing record, <clears throat> hell, ending the year on a losing record, but yet, you know, finishing second, that mental fortitude for a player like Jordan, for um, your S&T kid that's Logan, that's, Logan Wallace, that's taking like, they're going to be able to look back at that, <laughs> you know, because we we were all there, ten years, twenty years, thirty years down the road, and they're going to remember. All of that, absolutely, and those are life lessons. And I and I think here's he, here's where I'm going with this. Uh, Kevin Robin brought this up. Kevin Kalish brought this up. Um, Iggy, Jared Imbeck, he brought this up. The thing that is missed from the academy players more often than not, when when you ask them what is the chink in the armor, what do they say? 
competitiveness. Competitiveness. How to win. How to start a season with a goal and end towards a goal. Because the academy process, look, these kids are all very, very competitive naturally. They want to win. They, they fucking hate losing. But it's different than what you guys do. Uh, can I give you an example? I was talking yeah, to a, go kid, ahead. a coach. Um, female. Plays GA. Team would lose like 6 nothing. But I played well. You know, like, so, you know, like, <laughs> the so there's that. <clears throat> it's kind of like that Serginio mentality. Dest. You know, like... Well, well no, no, no. Let me. Break. I'm glad you said that <laughs> yeah. because that reminds me. During the year, because you kind of started, imp- you were implementing things and you were doing new things that we had talked about to shine a light on the good, the bad, you know, the best eleven. That was a great, you know, rolling that out. Um, but on your own team, where you would have uh, what? What was it? The three. Uh, the the three stars of the game. Players of the game. We give them Ram hats. Yeah. 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 You get the Ram. And what I loved is, you guys remember a Christmas story where Ralphie came down with yeah. the rabbit ears, like, yeah. oh man, I don't want to wear this, right? <laughs> oh. Remember that? He would make his players do that on the losses. So I remember oh. a couple of the photos, and they would, be, and it's like, damn, dude, I respect that because they would sit there, and you you saw the photos. Yeah. Like those things. That is the high school experience. That is the thing that you guys, you know, when you talk about the juice, right? You're, it's just a different flavor. Um, so yeah, I guess that my thing is, how do you, this is a question for you, Dave, kind of flipping the script a bit. We've asked how you would improve the high school, you know, with Misha and high school sports in general. From a, an academy standpoint, you heard what JB just said, from D1 coaches all the way down, that competitiveness is an issue for these kind of robotic that they look, they're going to find skill. They're going to get there, but it takes another year. I, I, I referenced, I think when Jared and I were talking about this, we talked about Cody Schrader, the running back for Mizzou, yeah. who went to Lutheran South. He's going to win running back of the year. Yes. In the SEC has all these records. He's not Cody Schrader that we know if he doesn't go to Truman State and learn how to win and, and put a team on his back. How, how, do, how does American soccer, because we talked about this the last time you were on, what does American soccer need to do to create those yeah. types of environments for these academy players. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to add another thirty minutes to this show? No, I'm no. Just we're going <laughs> to add a couple <laughs> things. I got some things to say, I, but I, answer I, that. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I, that's way above my pay grade to try to tackle what what's going to happen with American soccer. Although I have debated you can with bring JB. It down. Yeah. Um, no, my I mean my point on American soccer has always been: look, the rest of the world has accelerated faster than we have relative to powerhouses. So therefore, the parity has snuck up on all of us. But to the point, to to, uh, Zach's question, competitiveness, how does that come in on a grander scale? Well, so it's hard, I think, on that side, because what's the whole pitch of Academy right now? The whole pitch of Academy is what? What, what, Why do you become a pro? It's the pro path. For who? You individual, right? I mean, it's, oh, it, yeah. is, it is catered to the individual. 100%. So if you have a system that is catered to the individual, what you're going to have at the end of the day is individual who's happy when team loses 6 nothing because they played well. Mm. That, now, I'm not, and I'm not That's saying... That's debatable, but go ahead. Okay, and I'm not saying that... I, I, listen, I know your kids don't... No one wants to lose, and no, you guys have got the no, top no, competitive no. kids. No, listen, no, no. and I don't want that to be misconstrued. But also at the end of the day, the pitch that 
the expansion of academies are making is they don't care about their scores. They don't care about their scores. And you've, you chronicled this on a couple of goes that you, you <laughs> went through what the academy's records oh, were. No, I know. Yeah. It's no secret. Everybody knows. So that. it's not, <clears throat> they would say, who cares? As long as my players are getting to X, Y, and Z, well, I which think, again, we need to see. The I think the definition, but, but here's, here's where the definition of academy, though, as far as like goal slash intent, I think that a year ago, even two years ago for sure, it was this is pro path opportunity. I think where we're at today is the reality is setting in that it is collegiate college path bound. Yeah. So hey, let's let's talk about Champions League because I have to ask this question. I have to say it. We have to bring it up. Are you pissed off? You're not in it because I'm pissed <laughs> off. I mean, yeah. how is the second place state um, class three local driver driver from the arch? to the inner belt why are you guys not in the champions league you can yeah be honest. i mean i wish <laughs> you know they're all listening it's I, all good i wish we were in it I, I, I we earned we earned the right to be in it but it's complicated and year one is it's going to be bumpy year one because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that have to happen for the champions league mm-hmm. to, it, it to has up. to start somewhere. it has to start somewhere right. and and so what what ultimately happened is the ad's meet early to schedule you know okay and so before district started, ADs were meeting to schedule the next year. And they were like, hey, if we're going to make this Champions League happen, we kind of need to know who's in it. So for year one, and I was on the committee, <laughs> I didn't even include our team because at that point we were seven we and 14. Some, well, and <laughs> like, you were also going through some bullshit. Right. So, so I'm like, well, we, you know, if I had said Ledoux should be in there, that would have like, what? So we had not earned the right to be in the Champions League when it was all made about a week before districts now well said come after districts yeah we so so hopefully in year two we would have we would have earned it okay so that's fair and i you know what and i and i can tell my team guys had you not gone through all this stuff we probably would have been in a place where we we would have earned it or i could have fought for you guys more being on the committee i can't but i don't have a leg to stand on when we're going through this bullshit and our record is what it is so well said this is this is a it's a fair consequence of what happened yeah um it Uh, it does sting for the younger guys that you know they 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 earn the right to be in it as the way the way that we want it to happen they earn the right but you know for that's for years down the road uh Question one, Champions League, does it include uh, Kansas City schools? No, it's just St. Louis. <clears throat> just St. Louis. Louis. So uh, essentially, Champions League is... <laughs> Champions See League, what I did there? You know, the Can- Kansas City, though, might jump on the bandwagon and make their own. I know Southwest well, Missouri. Well, how are they going to do that? They, they, they have four teams. They probably will copy. They copy everything else. I mean, um, shit. It, it, Champions League is essentially what I want Misha to do, though. I mean, so you have a situation where you get the best 16 well, and teams. I, my and hope for you... In, in your kind of pitch is that Champions League does become what it's intended to be, then it's a it's a blueprint for Misha to kind of roll out obviously oh, yeah. at a, a grander scale. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it shows that it can it can work. Especially when I, when if I told not... my kids so when I told the kids, here's the concept of the the Champions League, you should have seen their faces. Oh I'm sure. It was like oh you know, like, so this is gonna be something that well, the kids really But they understand yeah. it. it. It literally is a FIFA game Right. Exa- uh, real life current example. academy kids will be like i want to be a part of that i don't care if it's the best player or the worst player in the hey, academy well and, dave you and i've talked about this oh, yeah i've said repeatedly 
it's the onus is on the high schools to become more competitive for the player. And I agree. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. and Champions League is one of those things that that will make bubble players think twice. We've talked a ton about your your boys team, uh, your pre men men's team. Um, we're in between years. <laughs> pre men, yeah, pre men. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're pre men. <laughs> can can, can um, How excited are you for the spring and, and 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 the girls team? Can you can you give a plug for the for the for the girls side? And and are you excited? Super excited. We have um, we have a really good girls group coming. This this might be talent wise one of the best girls teams that we've had at Ladue for a long time. Exciting. Um, the girls side is different, and the boys side. All the private schools move up to, to class four. The girls' side, for whatever reason, class three, in many cases, is actually stronger than class four. And now there are class four teams that are at the top, top. You know, Narinx is, whew, you know, they're up there. St. Joe's always amazing. That's our boy, um, Brian. Brian's an awesome dude. Love Brian. Um, but the class three gauntlet is incredible. Yeah. So we have to run through teams like Viz um, and Coryezu is now in class three. By the way, this is another issue with the success factor. Coryezu is now class three because they've always been dumped in a district with Naring St. Joe, you know, like they're, so because they haven't won that super tough district, they got bumped down, they get bumped down and now they <laughs> wipe the floor. Now they're running to the table. I mean, so it's, it's so dumb. The success, the, the, uh, don't get me started on that. I love it. We but, need to have a whole episode about Misha seedings. I well, let's get them on. <laughs> we do. We need to find out who it is. You want to get we the target on, on my back from all sides? No, no, it's not, it has nothing to do. We'll take it. I'm sure the dude lives in Kansas City, though. I'm telling you that. I guarantee you it's Kingdom City. <laughs> Kingdom. He's next the, he's next to the Fudge Factory. I, I, just, I have to say this before we we roll out, and it's I had it written down earlier, and I I meant to say it earlier around leadership, <clears throat> and what you were able to do. With the adversity, with the challenges you had this year, with the shit you had to put up with JB on Twitter and other <laughs> text messages. Hey, and to, I would like to believe the path to the final, I had a small I, role in playing. I, I'll, let, I'll let Dave credit, you know, credit that. But I just want to thank you for, for coming on yeah, six months ago and now again. Um, and congratulations on teaching your kids accountability teaching your kids culture and, and, and leadership. They're never going to forget it, man. And I'm, I'm really proud to, to say that to you because I'm excited that people are still doing it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. It means a lot. Yeah, so next year, don't don't botch it up, man. We're, we're on a roll here, Dave. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the holiday plans, man? You taking off? Are you and the fam we're, staying we're local? We're staying in town this year. Um, we got a, summer. I'm going to be out of town like the entire summer, so we're kind of laying low. Nice. You know, but we're big blues fans. We got a blues trip planned. We're gonna go to Seattle. Oh, this is city number fifteen. We've seen them play in there. Really? Wow. So my wife and I. When we, are you going there? Uh, January. We 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 pick a city every year to, to go to. So this is the fifteenth that will be on our list. Nice. So well, there's a huge fan of our show that listens from up there. Um, Aaron Tate. Yep. Steve Petcher's daughter. Oh, nice. She's a she's. She'll uh, she'll buy you a medallo. There you go. <laughs> hey, Dave! Congratulations on your man. It's been a lot of fun. I'm sure we. Uh, I'm sure our uh, Twitter uh, dialogue is not going to die anytime soon because uh, the game we love is going to continue to be played, and these kids will keep coming through the pipe. Uh, looking forward to it, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, we'll see everybody next time down here at Maggie O'Brien's. Um, again, holiday season. Don't cook. Come get the flats. 
Don't get the burger, Reuben <laughs> burger. It's good. It's sloppy though, and you it don't very want sloppy. You don't want guests picking up that thing and then dripping it all over your tile and carpet. You don't want that. Just get the wings and the pretzel bites. They'll hook you up. Uh, we're out of here. Chris, Bill, thepinnacleloans.com. Thank you, fellas. And for my beloved carpool co-hosts, see you guys next time. Later. And the reason why you don't hear Jared is because Jared's got the bladder the size of a pea. He's out of here already peeing. Catch you next time.